my journey in cyber, like I had to get a lot of no's. Um, mm. One story I share a lot of time is I wrote a thank you for not hiring me letter because of a mentor. Um, I didn't get hired for a job. And she said, hey, well, write them. Thank you. And if they're looking for a position in the future, i.e. two years later, I had a call, uh, email from them saying, hey, we have a position and we had you in mind. So, you know, there's there's things that's to awesome. learn from people. So, yeah, that's the stuff that like is not going to be in a security plus certification course at all. And I'm George A, Chief Information Security Officer. And today we have a very special episode. We're talking with three officers from the leadership team at Black Girls Hack. I've been super excited to talk to Tanisha O'Donohue, Becca Skeet, and Elise McGowan, uh, correction, Dr. Elise McGowan, uh, at this organization, which I have been a, a longtime supporter of. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely uh, had a good time last summer at their uh, rebellious event, Squadcom, which they pulled off in three months and was arguably one of the most enjoyable parts of uh, Hacker Summer Camp. This show, this episode, incredible range of topics. We're talking about allyship. We're talking about fighting for DEI. We're talking about funding. We're talking about careers. We're talking about fighting for comp packages. These ladies covered it all. Yeah, it was incredible. And students who listen, newcomers who are listening, stay especially tuned to the second half of the show where we get into the brass tacks about their top advice for newcomers and career pivoters. But let's get on with the show. Now, Black Girls Hack. Black Girls Hack, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, let, let's take a moment uh, and have you introduce yourselves. We'll start with you, Rebecca. Sure. Hello, everyone. My name is Rebecca Skeet. Uh, the squad affectionately refers to me as Beck. I am the Chief Operating Officer of Black Girls Hack. Nice. And hello, I'm Elise McGowan, uh, Dr. McGowan to some because Beck always gets on to me. Yes, Elise. And I am the Chief Information Security Officer for Black Girls Hack. Um, my name is Tanisha O'Donohue. Um, you refer to me as CO because Tanisha Martin is the original Tanisha. <laughs> um, um, now Tanisha calls me Todd. So my name <laughs> is Todd. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and what is your role at Black Girls Hack? I am the chief uh, strategic officer at Black Girls Hack. That is awesome. All right. Well, we are... We are very excited to have you here. We are uh, thinking of Tanisha as, as she's uh, recovering from surgery, but we're pleased to have you here. And I will kick it off to my co-host, George A., to get us started. All right, ladies, first of all, thank you and uh, welcome to our show. Um, we're really humbled to have you guys out here. Uh, I honestly, uh, since George talked to me about uh, getting involved with you folks uh, last year, uh, it's been really inspiring to kind of hear about what you guys are doing. Uh, you guys are just, you know, if no one wants to play ball with you, then you guys take over the game. And I really love that approach. <laughs> I think that party we went to at uh, Packer Summer Camp last year was their party, right? Yes, that was, it was the best party. That was lit. That was, that was, that was a good time. <laughs> love to hear it. <laughs> 
So an engineer, an analyst, and a professor walk into a bar and decide to change the world. How do you see the overall strategic vision and mission of Black Hurl's hack evolving over the next two to five years? Like, what's your ideal dream state if you manage to achieve all the things? Wowza. What a question. Achieving all the things. I very much believe it and see it. Um, It's not even, it doesn't even seem to be like a pie in the sky lofty thing because we're powered (laughs) by the squad. In addition to that, powered by Tanisha, and she has proven since uh, Black Girls uh, Black Girls Hack started from an inception to now, how much the shoot all shotness <laughs> capability can uh, help you achieve uh, world domination. So, what do we see? I I want to see more folks in the field in cybersecurity and not just barely, you know, just now starting in entry roles, which is fantastic. We want to get people the opportunity that didn't have them before. We want to increase exposure. But I also want to see people who have been in the field who maybe started with us when we started being elevated and reaching those C-suite roles um, to show that, you know, as Black Girls Hack evolved, so did our membership, um, that we didn't lose sight of the folks that we initially sought out to assist. but we've grown with them. Uh, so we still hold true to um, our mission, uh, to our tenants, to educate, empower, and prepare, and that we see more opportunities are being provided and that the folks that we potentially had opened the door for are now opening the door for others. Amen. Oh, I like that. Tanisha, anything to add? Rebecca makes it so hard to follow with this beautiful speech that I was like, yeah, I like it. That's good. (laughs) Um, uh, Echoing everything Rebecca said, it's just uh, continuously growing. Um, And I know a big thing for Tanisha is um, getting to the point where the volunteers and the leadership is Black Girls Hack are are paid because all mm-hmm. of us have a nine to five and then we come home and do another nine to five. <laughs> Tanisha does 40 hours and 40 hours. <laughs> so um, just to compensate for um, the time and effort that we get to a, a bigger stage where um, we can one supplement all the time that we're giving into um, the organization to give back and to just continuing to grow on the roadmap. Um, I think the, trajectory that Tanisha has created for us has been a really good pace where each year um, we're not necess- we're not running, but we're at a good jog, you know? So when we get to a place the next year, we're maintaining the things that we have done prior. And it's not just, um, we're, it's not taking over the world in one year. Um, it's mm-hmm. a step-by-step um, orchestrated uh, effort from everyone on the team. I just want us to continue to grow and uh, continue to support the mission. Um, and to accomplish um, all the things, I, I I really do want to see a lot of the people that we're assisting, as Rebecca said, placed in positions because we have qualified people. But um, having the uh, accessibility and the the eyes on them is what's important. So having them being able to be recruited at a high number is important for us. I have, a, I have a follow-up to ask on that, but at least CISO, CISO, please, what's your thoughts on this before that? Well, um, one of the things, and, you know, Beck mentioned our core tenants, uh, educate, empower, and prepare. 
And so I started out in the education department when um when I started. And so like one of the things that, you know, was big that I like to see us continue to do is to see to find ways to bridge the gap between, you know, what is taught in schools or whatever, you know, and to help continue to prepare our members for, you know, industry employment and not just, you know, as she said, not just entry level roles, but to continue to be able to upskill and reskill individuals. See, I, I appreciate that. And the one question I would I would ask um, you folks for the people that you are supporting within your organization, um, and maybe you know something to consider if, if it hasn't you know been the thought process. As you folks are helping your people develop in their careers, are you also providing them with kind of advice on how to do compensation negotiations and understanding the market and how to place themselves? Yes. Short answer. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like growing up, my mom has always said, uh, know your worth and add tax. Um, and we try to make sure that we, uh, the education and support that we provide is holistic. Um, we don't want to say, hey, okay, apply for more jobs. We do say shoot all shots. You know, don't be the person that says no to yourself. <laughs> you miss 100% mm-hmm. of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, uh, Tanisha Martin. Um, so definitely take the opportunity. And we, there are so many the other thing too is that sometimes um, when we talk about the empower part uh, of the tenant is that we'll provide um, opportunities for resume review, for training, for cohorts. And so we have all these other things. It's like, hey, strength and skill, strength and skill, strength and skill. Then it's like, okay, you also need to have the confidence in the effort that you have put forward. And now you are worthy, you are valuable. And it's not like you're, um, what do they say? Kicking outside your coverage? I don't even know. I shouldn't use the sports uh reference if I can't say it correctly, but (laughs) you were supposed to be here. It's okay for you to ask for what you're worth because oftentimes we try to, and myself included, short sales, I was like, well, I think I can maybe do, and then that's where Tanisha will come and be like, (laughs) ma'am, no, you need to do, you know, and so um, most specific, uh, I guess more directly, recently she had uh, started a dedicated world domination sessions or I, I the word fails me right now but it was weekly accountability session yeah and it was weekly meetups and where it's specifically like hey what are what's your plan what's your goal okay mm. let's get on linkedin let's review it. and it was step by step and it was giving people the opportunity of okay well this is where i struggle a little bit with this okay well how can we help you and so each uh, step along the way not just a here's your resume five points in a poem <laughs> it's let's make you as uh, competitive as a person or as a candidate that you can be for any role that you seek to apply for. And part of that is knowing your value, doing market research and not being afraid to, to shoot that shot because you're worth it. Nice. We are such big fans that we, we jumped straight into world domination, but I, I'm cognizant <laughs> that maybe some of our listeners do not know the organization and do not know the mission. So uh, Tanisha, AKA Tio, AKA Todd, could you take a moment for all the newbies out there who are not familiar with Black Girls Hack and uh, and give us your, your mission statement. Um, Black Girls um, Hack mission statement is to empower, educate, and um, prepare um, to get into the cyber workforce. Um, we're here um, to assist um, minorities, um, specifically women, but we are not excluding anyone Um in accomplishing that goal we want all minorities to be in the field um yeah i believe so tanisha that, says every everybody under the rainbow 
Yes, everyone. <laughs> yes, except jerks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Except jerks, we'll 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 rule the we'll rule them out. Um, so we're we're inclusive in that aspect where we want to grow and to continue um help you to get into the pipeline of cyber. Um, as Tanisha can always say, from like zero to sage ten, you know, help mm-hmm. you each step. If you are a novice or you know you are. Uh, like at least a doctor and continuously taking over the world and having 75 certs and all the things, <laughs> you know, we're still here to support and help <laughs> and um, work together. So that's our mission. Um, and, and just really trying to um, set the tone that black women do hack and we are here. Um, and there, there are women, black women in cyber. So yeah, for sure. For sure. And so I want to turn our attention to SquadCon. And as uh, George intimated, when the doors were closed at another conference to you, you're all like, we're just going to make our own. And I had the distinct pleasure and honor of participating in the first SquadCon last year. But I would like to talk about the origin story of SquadCon because I think there are a lot of lessons in that uh struggle and and that project so um beck do you want to kick us off there and uh elise and tanisha feel free to jump in anytime sure um you know how they say hindsight is 2020 uh sometimes it's easier to see things with uh rose-colored glasses or see the best when you're reflecting back so Mm -hmm. i will uh, preface that to say the hint of everything that I'm going to say is that everything happened as it should have happened in the way it should have happened for things to be as they are. Um, I'm definitely a, you know how some people say glass half empty, glass half full. I'm happy that I have a glass. So (laughs) just to give you context, I guess, as to uh, how I view things. So um, a few years ago, we, uh, Black Girls Hack, obviously part of one of our um, goals, objectives were to uh, increase um, availability, accessibility to conferences, uh, cybersecurity conferences, let people, because I've, you've heard the saying before, you grow to what you know, exposure is key. It's helpful to mm-hmm. let people know, you know, what can you achieve? Well, here's an example. Here's some things that exist out here, something that you might not have known. Um, here are some other people who are doing what you too can do, um, so forth and so on. Uh, so we um, applied to, are we, we're not naming names, a large conference uh, and were, was accepted and uh, had a successful uh, village there. And um, it was very well attended. Every single day was packed out. And I would say it's a surprise to us because it was our first time out the gate and it, the response was so overwhelmingly positive mm-hmm. and fantastic. But it also wasn't a surprise because very much, you know, if you dream it or if you build it, they will come if you whatever. It was very much if Tanisha dreams it, you know, we can achieve it. We believed in it. And so it wasn't a surprise in that regard. It was like, yes, now everything is coming to fruition that you had uh, planned and everything that we all the planning that the organization had put to her, towards it had come to fruition. And it was successful. Um, when I say it, surpassed any expectation I think that anyone had because anyone who attended our Girls Hack Village, I can refer to that because that was our name of it. The door was, uh, it was always, 
the, all the seats were packed. Uh, there were folks standing outside the door. There were folks, you know, walking by. What's going on? Like it was the place to be. And that's not even just a biased thing. That's legit. Check the <laughs> the feedback. We got receipts of people echoing that sentiment. Um, and so uh, for the fact that it was so successful, um, I guess we more or less assumed that it would be uh, more so, un not most understood, a foregone conclusion that we would be back the following year. Uh, we still dotted our I's, crossed our T's, submitted the application. As soon as, the moment that thing was live, we're like, hey, submitted, done, <laughs> we're ready to come back. Um, took a couple months and then we found out you know, the, I don't know if it's the admission criteria or what have you, whatever it was that was changed or revamped or adjusted, no longer accounted for our village being, uh, constituting a village. And so they were like, there more or less no space for you at the end, uh, maybe in the lobby, but not the, not the, not the end. Um, so then of course it's when you have made plans or had your mindset on things going a certain way and it doesn't go that way, that in of itself is discouraging. That's life, right? Like um, there are relationships that you thought were gonna last that might not have jobs you applied for that you thought you were gonna get and it still sucks. <laughs> Even if that wasn't the thing that is meant for you, there's better for you. The fact that it was something that you wanted and didn't get, it sucks. The doors are closed to you. Yep. And you're like, oh, it's just actually like shut in your face. Right. Tanisha, can you walk us through the decision process? Like, how do the how do the gears turn in the organization where you're like, you know what? As Beck was saying, um, we already started um, the preparation. So prior to the the application um, portion being open, we were preparing <laughs> to mm -hmm. um, um, we were preparing a team to actually we were to get on task to plan um uh, girls hack village for the upcoming year so we had already bought tickets to vegas um we had um had the core team uh prepper uh you know uh prepared we've started revamping some of our policies and things that we wanted to see this year and adding certain things so things were being bought and um uh so it was kind of what are we going to do we've already done all this preparation what is the next steps um, we went back and forth for about two weeks, I think, if I'm not mistaken, back in Elise, it was about a two week period of what should we about, do? What should we, about, yeah, approximately. Like breathe, don't decide now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's give it a moment. Let's, you know, see what's happening. Um, let's, let's take a moment, but this is something that we're, we're passionate about. And, uh, the ironic thing was Tanisha had already had a um, a con on her mind in on her vision board for the future. Mm. Um, she had already um, licensed SquadCon, so we owned that. Um, so the name and process was very easy after we made the decision. So like Tanisha was already planning for future things with um, Black Girls Hack, um, as she normally does. She's taking over the world, so she's preparing herself to when she gets to that position that she has the, the the tools to, you know, take the next step. So she was already preparing those type of things. So the decision about the two weeks, then we said, okay, we're going to go ahead. We've already invested. And then it was like, hey, how are we going to do this now? So then we started fundraising, started reaching out to people, 
started informing people that we were going to do it. Then, then it was finding a place. Then it was um, late meetings. <laughs> then it was everyday meetings. <laughs> um, then it was, um, that was about May. So Squawk-On happened in August. So about a yeah. three-month kind of period of um, of uh, using all of our resources, our tools, and reaching out to people for assistance, um, you know, asking you to be our host, reaching out to people we are in network with that who um, – who are, who are going to support us on this journey of um, starting this, um, uh, this new con. And that was different. So, um, and our hashtag is con differently mm-hmm. <laughs> or con different. If I'm mistaken that. Um, so that's kind of what, you know, Tanisha's idea was we want to con different. We want to be a, a welcome of a spot where everyone is welcome. Everyone feels included um, and just have fun. If you're around us, you know that we work hard and we definitely play hard as the other George said earlier. <laughs> um, um, so that three months of very intentional planning and painstaking teamwork and meetups is that's what got us there. Yeah. I just want to, I mean, for anyone listening standing up an entire conference in three months in like the conference capital of the world. It was, it's extraordinary. And, you know, don't sleep on SquadCon, y'all. You had Camille Stewart Gloucester, you had Jen Easterly, you had Daniel Meisler, you had like the all stars of cyber on that lineup. the, The biggest, most impressive thing was they did it flipping the bird to the industry establishment they got the door shut in their face and then they put on a better party than anything of the main event shows you know yeah yeah that party we that didn't party say that amazing. georgia said that so we'll take you yeah, guys' yeah. opinion yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, our, that's our endorsement well all right that's a that's a good segue so george back to you for the next question mm-hmm. yeah i know it's just really impressive what you guys did so I, I don't mind i don't mind slagging people that's part of my my, my charm and appeal um, <laughs> given the market and economic pressures, uh, many executive decision makers are currently facing. How do you feel about the you know, really disappointing trend of DEI funding and headcounts being cut? And how do we continue to pitch a good ROI to our stakeholders, like you know myself and the royal we of corporate decision makers, um, when we're fighting to keep those programs online in the industry's current uh, cash crunched era? And I'm sure we've all seen like the headlines about the layoffs and all the things and the doomsday speak. DEI cannot be the first thing to get cut, but for whatever reason, it seems to be. How do we fight that? All right. So, um, so one way to to fight it that I think would be um, to like initiatives like participating in. Um, Supporting community initiatives, you know that that aim to increase diversity within the uh, tech sector. Um, so companies could do things like uh, support hackathons, meetups, you know, conferences that focus on underrepresented uh, groups in cybersecurity to uh, help raise awareness and um, attract diverse talent. Also, um, like bias training and awareness program where, you know, organizations could invest in training, you know, that can help employees and um, even hiring managers more so to, um, you know, recognize and do things to combat this, you know, the 
unconscious biases that um often influence things like hiring um promotions and even the dynamics of like your teams or whatever at work so those are a couple of ways that you know i see that we could kind of deal with that Tanisha, what do you think um I support everything that Elise saying. Um, and also I'm um, going back to how we spoke about like training our candidates to be um, prepared for the interviews in the room, because um, there is a, there is a level of, um, I would say sometimes the resources to understand what a technical meeting um, would require and how to present yourself and how to show up as your best self Um the DEI um, initiatives, they're, they're going to go and come. But if you are the best candidate and you show up, that is all you can do. You know, um, for me, um, as you know, if someone if you're trying to show up to the table, um, they may not always have a seat for you. But if you're in a place where you're creating and developing yourself and networking yourself, um you kind of you kind of create that table or that room for yourself. I, I would think like, you know, connecting with your black girls hacks and different organizations where you are in the room to hear the conversations and how to conduct yourself and, and network. Um, that's a big thing because DNI, DEI can go. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, DEI can go away, but being in a room where people can say your names when you're not there is very mm-hmm. important. You know, being in the room where I can support Elise and Rebecca and whatever they do um, is important. If they're in the room, they can do the same. Putting yourself in places where you create your own initiative for yourself. You can, you create your own campaign, you know. I think that's something that we we are. I feel like at Black Girls Hack, we we take seriously is creating our own campaign for ourselves because there's there's a lot of people that can say this and can say that, but we're 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 working together to to change a narrative on who we are and how we we show up in a room. So that's my take on that. And also, um, you know, getting people educated in the field of technology earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, training them at an earlier age to where there, there is not that big um, knowledge gap, you know, if, if we're able to. Um, and just to segue into that, we, we piloted our first um, cohort uh, of high school students um, as far as training them to get their security plus in our first oh, yeah. um, program in that. So we, we just started that this month. So creating programs like that, creating different ways, um, professional development, um, putting them in rooms where they can um, learn about uh, an elevator speech. How can you present mm. yourself? Remove that imposter syndrome um, because um, there are going to be biases. There are going to be you know things that stop you, but you have to want this more for yourself. Um, and then put yourself together with, with mentors that can help you to get further. Um, so that's that's what I think. Nice. When when uh, when new members come to you, I guess what is your sense of like the top deficit? Like, what is the thing that is lacking the most? I, I get that they probably come for the technical skills because they're like, I need help getting this cert or this but we've talked to some other guests like you can chase certs till you're blue in the face and you can pass all of them 
but that may not necessarily. So you've talked here a little bit about networking, but I'm just keen to understand if you've seen any trends like everyone always asks about X, but they forget to ask about Y or anything like that. I would say confidence in their ability um, outside mm. of technical skills, because we all bring something to the room. You know, your personality can stand out in a room with and and being able to connect. Um, also, I would say, um, man, I forgot so fast. <laughs> yeah, there it goes. So my answer, I think, will kind of uh, circle back to the, the previous question of, of how do we feel about people or companies divesting from DE&I initiatives? How do I feel? I don't like it. It doesn't feel great. Um, <laughs> because if, you know, from a practical standpoint, a program was implemented, a system, whatever, at some point, it was done because there was a value associated with it, right? There, people do things mm -hmm. for a reason. Um, yeah. So the implication to me then, if you no longer do it, is it no longer value? Um, mm. The case that you made for yourself to um, start this program, is it no longer true? So to that, I would, a lot of the companies that are, and I'm not, you know, no company, I'm not calling anyone out specifically or anything like that, but I would ask, was there a song and a dance and five points in a poem made during Juneteenth in 2020? Pull those things up and say, are these no longer true? Do you no longer stand by this? Do you no longer believe this? Do you no longer think their value is here? And if the answer is no, then okay, uh, or yes, uh, whatever. Fine, at least I know where you stand. Um, but just how do I feel about it? Eh, I don't like it too much, didn't feel great. Um, and, I, and then to circle back to what do I think the deficit is, I think it is encapsulated by the name of our conference of SquadCon in community um, of, I think it was like maybe a week or so ago, uh, we attended um, a female quotient. They had a mm. uh, lunch talk or something and someone brought up the concept of communal care and how important it is for people to feel supported and be with a group of people who get them and, you know, find your tribe. It's not a, you know, new concept. People know that. And I think that's what it is. Um, there's strength in numbers. There's knowledge in numbers. There's comfort in numbers. And so I think when people join uh, Black Girls Hack, and sometimes that squad are Black girls, um, and it's good for them to see other folks who are doing what they aspire to do, what they are doing, have similar issues, that's fantastic for them to witness. But then we also have members who don't, who meet the uh, description or uh, label of Black or girl or what have you, but they still find their community because we're like-minded in what we want, what we desire uh, for the world, for our field, and for each other. Um, and so that's kind of a, not a touchy-feely thing, like a, oh, okay, yeah, and yeah, you feel it's, it's human. community, but it's important. Human. Exactly, exactly. If I could ask just, Speaking in generalities, approximately how big is Black Girls Hack? And is it only in America or can people in other countries join as well? It's global. <laughs> how big y'all? World domination. Go ahead, um, About 2,000 plus. Mm -hmm. um, so we continue to add as we go. Um, and yeah, we're, we're, we're in different continents. We're you want to hear a really interesting thing. So um, I just met one of our members. She now is an instructor for us. She was in Germany. 
um, teaching our Security Plus class for us. And I, she just moved back awesome. to the States. So just to let you know, we have people who, who are expats in different places or and that are looking for the like-minded community or people who are in different places and want community and don't have the environment to have people who look like them have the same interests, you know? Um, so that we're, we're, we're everywhere. And it's not just, as Beck said, Black women and Black men. It's everyone. We we are a squad, and that's why we call ourselves the squad. So everyone is welcome to the party. It's so amazing, and it's a fun party. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> that's right. We'll take a short break, and we will be right back. Hey, thanks for listening. If you can't tell, we're fans of the Black Girls Hack Conference SquadCon, which is held in Las Vegas during Hacker Summer Camp. You should go. And we have exclusive discount codes available for listeners. Go to the registration site linked in the show notes. You can purchase pre-sale podcast friends tickets at either the general or VIP level. Use registration code BKBT24. That's BKBT24. Supplies are limited, so get yours today. Now, back to our conversation with Black Girls Hack. All right, friends. So um, I will have to say, you know, just before we took that break, um, it really it came to mind to me. Uh, we got to talk after the show. There is a very wonderful uh, national conference up in uh, Toronto. It's coming up in May called Canadian Women in Cyber. I really think Black Girls Hat should be at that table. 100%. Um, I would love to see if we could help make that happen, just putting it out there. But there needs to be more of you there needs to be B, BGH in Canada because I haven't seen enough of it. We're going to make that happen. Just putting it out there right now. Free plug. But the question for Brass Tax, how can our listeners get involved and support the Black Girls Hack mission today, tomorrow, and in the long run? I'll throw that up. Uh, I'll throw that to the operations officer. Yeah, throw that to back. Yeah. yeah, operations. All right. So I'm glad you asked. There's a plethora of ways that people can get plugged in with BGH. Um, <laughs> so there is the obvious. We're a nonprofit, so I would be remiss if I didn't start with dollars. Um, as To had mentioned earlier, we're a volunteer organization. We're a nonprofit. Always looking for money. That's not a you know, we spend it well. Um, we've actually recently gotten um, Guide Star Platinum uh, candid ca- uh, post words uh, seal of <laughs> transparency. That's what I was looking for. Um, so we, and over 80% of our budget goes directly towards our mission and programs and everything else. So not only can you give us your money, you can trust us with it. Um, but then in addition to that, there are some people who are like, hey, I support the mission, but it's just me, individual contributor, and I don't have excess of dollars to give. First of all, I say every little bit helps. Feel free to give a a recurring contribution of $5. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. But then also, it's your time, your resources. Um, We are in the process of kicking back up our Bring a Hacker to Work Day on uh, Sundays, where it's the opportunity of hey, you feel as though all you have to offer is who you are in your role. First of all, that's a whole lot. We appreciate you. But do a day in the life. Show the squad, hey, this is what my job is. Um, any misconceptions or 
questions that you want to know, I can tell you my path. It wasn't a straight line. And I think, George, we've discussed this before, more and yeah. more, that seems to be the norm that people are having circuitous paths instead of linear ones. But it's also good to see and to be uh, reassured. So we will definitely appreciate your time. Um, volunteer, we are currently looking for additional mentors. Um, we have a program where we try to make sure that we uh, pair those folks who are in search of mentors with them. So <laughs> if you would like to uh, volunteer as a mentor, we would definitely appreciate you there. Um, and then also uh, an ambassador, more or less, is uh, that's the fancy title. But to just like how George, you mentioned, hey, there's a conference. Uh, it would be great to see BGH there. That helps us, you know, speak our name in rooms that we're not in that you're in. Um, and that's a value. I had a friend reach out to me on Instagram the other day and said, hey, I saw that my organization supports um, this other uh, org that's similar to yours. And so I mentioned it. That's so great. Thank you keep that that name up there and not just in opportunities where it is for people to donate which is fantastic again we need the money nonprofit but also for other folks that you think that would benefit from this community and it might not be specifically oh you i see you wear a whole bunch of black hoodies uh, you must be a hacker <laughs> go to <girl's laughs> black hack but um people who are interested in the field um whether directly or adjacently um so yeah i think those are some practical ways whenever you see us post things on social media, like, share, comment, engage, because that also helps spread um, and grow our visibility and impact. What is your top advice for newcomers to Black Girls Hack or career pivoters? Like they come to you and they're like, I'm interested in cyber. What should I do first? Work on a, a village, build your um, village. You know, um, Vic mentioned, you know, about how community, you know, we need community. It helps us to grow and thrive and survive. And so one of the things, um, even on LinkedIn, you know, like go out there, build your network um, because that'll even, you know, help you when you start looking for a job. You know, never know who in your network might know of a role that you, you know, might qualify for or be interested in. And so that's my biggest thing. I, you know, tell everybody build your network because your network is your network. Yeah. All right. Tio, do you have any advice for the newcomers or the career pivoters? Um, be um, active on LinkedIn. Um, I tell everyone that's where everything goes down in cyber. Um, you know who is doing what and how are they doing it. Um, support different organizations, get into different groups, find out where what works for you. And one place doesn't have to, one shoe doesn't fit, you know, I don't know the thing, but never mind. Um, <laughs> at the wall, at the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you could try them all out. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> You can try everyone out. Like, we're not saying you come with us and you're with us forever. No, we have other people who are in other orgs, um, you know, other big orgs where they're where you can learn and grow together and be able to uh, to be able to work and um, combine your um, knowledge with other people. And then also really take time to to be a fly on the wall listen to conversations um i've been in many rooms where i have nothing to say but i am listening and i am learning like wow that's how that gets done you know um be a sponge willing to accept a lot of things because um in beginning my my journey in cyber like 
I had to get a lot of no's. Um, mm. One story I share a lot of time is I wrote a thank you for not hiring me letter because of a mentor. Um, I didn't get hired for a job. And she said, hey, well, write them thank you. And if they're looking for a position in the future, i.e. two years later, I had a call, uh, email from them saying, hey, we have a position and we had you in mind. So, you know, there's there's things that's to awesome. learn from people. So, yeah, that's the stuff that like is not going to be in a security plus certification course, right? Like these, these skills that like, it's really invaluable just to be memorable. Um, I really love that story. Yeah. And with that, I was able to double my, my, um, my income just because I wrote a thank you for not hiring me. This was a great interview. And remember, these are my skills. <laughs> and that That's was awesome. all because I put myself in a room with a mentor and listened and listened to people who knew a little bit more about being in the professional field and in cyber than I did. So um, just just being able to be, be your willingness to learn is important. Um, you just have right. to I feel like in this field have to have the um, the drive to continuously learn. Um, you can't give up um, with that. Cause as soon as you give up, you know, you're, you, then you float to the bottom. So, <laughs> um, permission to proceed. Yes. Engage. Okay. Go, go. Make it so, um, alliteration that I think ties in all of the things and what Tio just said, um, be perpetually prepared to pivot, uh, because that was what happened with us with SquadCon. It didn't mm -hmm. go exactly the way we wanted. Okay, well then now what? That is life. Um, the same thing with, you know, the TO applying for the job. She wanted it, she didn't get it. Okay, but now what? So for someone starting, we want the best for you. We want to say that life is going to be perfect. People are going to treat you right and you are going to get what you deserve. We are going to fight for that to be true. We are going to do whatever we can to support that being true. Sometimes it won't be. And you won't get the answer you want, you want, you won't be in the situation you want. Now what? And so if as long as you're perpetually prepared to pivot, keep your head on a swivel, then you're resilient. You will continue and you will survive. Um, and I think that's it. Don't be too married or too committed to what you think should be that you don't leave room to adjust to what is. Love it. Yeah. I echo everything you're saying. Because a lot of people come into cybersecurity saying, I want to do one thing, and then you get into it and you learn something else that is more um, on the path that you want to go. So very much pivoting and being able to adjust to any situation. Because like life, cyber's going to throw you some curveball, like those layoffs. <laughs> but yep. how you pivot thought, after that. But I thought everyone wanted to be a pen tester. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a pen tester, so no, I don't want to be. <laughs> um yes and thank you all of you because you guys are echoing one of the core uh, uh i guess principles of our show yeah. is that in as ethical a way as possible we want our listeners to get that bag we want our listeners to get what's theirs just do it the right way so i appreciate what you guys are about what kind of arguments would you arm our listeners with when it comes to dealing with stakeholders at their respective corporate tables who are pushing back against a movement like yours that at its core is all about equality and fairness. Because you guys know the old boys club still runs the show, right? 
Um, one thing I can say is just be authentic. Um, one thing Black Girls Hack has been is authentic. We show up in the room as who we are and um, and and provide the same consistency as we've done and as we elevate. So um, when people push back, you can only be yourself, you know. Um, it, it's, you know, not the old saying, not don't get mad, get even, but like do your best. You know, you can't. You, you, yeah, just do your best to, um, like adjust to the, you know, the things. Cause you know, we've gotten a lot of no's, but those yeses that we've gotten were major ones. You know, um, we shoot a lot of shots. We write grants. We don't get some of them. We get some of them and they work out and we, you do the best with the opportunity that you've, you've been provided. And then also remember, um, my mentor used to say this to me. Um, what you do with your opportunity will determine if someone like you comes behind you. So if we're looking for um, a diversity, what what am I doing so they hire another person that looks like me or someone who acts like me or someone who's from the places that I'm from? You know, being an immigrant and doing all those things, would they hire someone that looks like me because of um, how I showed up? So show up and show out. Be, be your best self um, when you enter into the room. Um, yeah. Just casually dropping bombs. That's awesome. That's going to be the stinger for this episode. Um, well, women of Black Girls Hack, thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening, out of your second nine to five, I'm sure. I'm sure you still got lots to do. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for the opportunity. And um, thank you for continuing supporting us and SquawCon. We appreciate it. That wraps up this episode of Bare Knuckles and Brass Tacks. If you liked this conversation with Black Girls Hack, be sure to check out our recent interview with Tasha Denose, where we also touch on issues of authenticity and how to get the most out of mentorship. Lastly, if you like the show, please consider leaving a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It helps others find us. New episodes of Bare Knuckles and Brass Tacks drop every Monday. Listen and subscribe. We'll catch you next week, but until then, stay real. You can go to our website, blackgirlshack.org, and go to the events page, and SquadCon is listed there. Pre-sale tickets are available. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do an intro after you guys log off, and we'll get the, we'll get we'll get <laughs> gotcha. there. Yeah, but like, we need to stop and take a time out for a second. Appreciate that. That sounds like an AI-generated PSA voice. <laughs> she, that's I'm gonna make her. We use her for all of our campaign because she just sounds so amazing. Like it's a voice you want to listen to, right? You want my job? Like what? <laughs> <laughs>